Angels. Welcome back to Angels Anonymous, the podcast. I'm Vanessa, your host. Angels Anonymous is a health and spirituality podcast hosted by myself, a 25-year-old ex-professional dancer. Now I'm a yoga instructor and integrative health coach in recovery. On this podcast, I share vulnerably about my struggles with addiction to pretty much anything and everything, including body image, food, relationships, comparison, men, and so much more. Through an open-minded perspective, I explain how you can overcome your struggles and finally feel like you're enough. I just want to take a second to say thank you to all of you who have been listening, who have been rating me with five stars. It looks like I have 4.9 stars overall, so that's pretty fucking good. I just wanted to say thank you and hello to any of you who are regulars. Hello to any of you who are new. Today's episode is part two, a sequel or like a following episode to last week's with one of my best friends, Abby. We talk about sex and relationships in this podcast. I personally think that part two of this episode is even juicier. Part one last week's, I would say listen to first. It really sets the stage for everything to come in part two. Um, She explained how she came into her sexuality, what the catalysts for her to explore it deeper were. And now we explain how to take baby steps in growing in your own sexuality, being able to explore that with yourself or with a partner, how to introduce sex toys in the bedroom, how to introduce yourself to masturbation and free yourself from the shame around it. Um, Even if you're in bed with a partner and you want to masturbate, like these are things that I still haven't explored, but I think are so important to talk about. We also talk about responsive versus spontaneous desire and what your erotic blueprint is. We also talk about how to speak our needs and we even go into an example, I think in this part where we're talking about massage and how yeah I think we talk about this right at the end you could even start it trying how to assert yourself practicing that skill with massage even with a friend and being able to be like "Ooh, I like that that's too much pressure go softer here move to my upper shoulder blade that's hard for me to assert myself and speak my needs that's something I really want to grow in and work on Um, we talk about other factors that you can add in like mood lighting and other environmental factors to set up the stage for a more um, vibey sexual intimate setting I also realized that last week I forgot to do an angel number because I was so fucking excited so I guess it was a week for you to tune into your own messages (laughs) let's ground first and then we can get into an angel number and dive into part two I'm going to Telluride right after this and I'm so fucking excited. I'm going to this blue lake and it's supposed to be insane. So it's hard for me to ground, but this is good. Okay, get still. (laughs) Let's breathe in for four, three, two, one. Hold at the top. Exhale, five, four, three, two, one. One, two more times with me. Breathe in slow. Hold. Breathe out for five. One more. Inhale for four. Hold. Exhale for five. Wow, 
grounding exercises are so profound every time I do it I'm like why don't I fucking do this more okay the angel number for today is (laughs) 1111 I've been um texting the guy that I'm seeing 1111 whenever we see it we send a little angel emoji back and forth to each other it's so fucking cute and he's in his hometown right now so even if it's 111 where he is he'll still send an angel to me and vice versa like we'll just send them and I love that he like is kind of a part of it and at least respects it or thinks it's cool and he's like I didn't really start seeing angel numbers till you came into my life and I was like well hair flip all you need is a little earth angel that comes into your life and then and then you'll start seeing angel numbers and all the synchronicities and be told that time isn't real and that there's multiple dimensions and heaven is a dimension <laughs> Okay, number 1111 is an alert from the angelic energies that you are supported by forces you cannot see. You can sink into relief, celebrate, and get excited when you see 1111. It gives you confirmation that everything is on schedule and divinely guided in your world at this time. I've also heard that this is the gateway to let you know that you're about to experience a great spiritual awakening. I think that's why we see this one first. A lot of times before um, we start to see all the other ones, because if you think of the ones, it kind of looks like a gate or like a doorway, if you can imagine it, like two ones on each side. It's like a little gate opening you to your spiritual awakening, a gateway to your, yeah, awakening, your new spiritual reality. So that's what I got. The cliche 1111. Yay. Let's get into part two. I feel like this is the theme of like, it's not an easy journey to figure it out. And like I set a boundary with my partner where I was like, I don't want you to touch my butt anymore. It makes me feel objectified. And then I realized I like wanted that and I was craving that. And then I had to go back and I had to set a different boundary and I had to look at like my own stuff and like my own trauma with being objectified and like not all placing it on my partner. And so it's like, knowing that you might feel into a no and feel into a boundary and then a week later that might change and that's the process of figuring what out that what it is you know and then you come to a place where like okay I kind of know what my yeses and my nos and my maybes are Mm -hmm. and that they'll probably evolve as with everything in life why does that happen? I feel like sometimes when I express a boundary, let's say, for example, my roommate, I get home from work and I am over socializing. Don't fucking look at me. Don't talk to me. And I express that like I'm in a funk. I'm going to shut my door. I don't want to hang out. And then an hour later, it's like the because I spoke my need Now I'm like energetically available to hang out now. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I hadn't spoke it, the rest of the night would have been like a gremlin in my room. Like, leave me alone. And if I hear her walk by or knock on my door, I'm going to like fucking bite her head off. Why does that happen? Like when we express our need, then it's almost like, oh, now I have space for that thing, actually. Mm -hmm. Well, you expressed a need and then you gave yourself that hour. Like- you know, for huh. me, it's like I express that need of like, I need you to not touch me, but I got, I actually experienced what that felt like. I know what that space, you know, we both allowed ourselves that space to feel into what that felt like. And then we could come back to maybe not that same place, but maybe there's 
you know, a space in between where we're like, actually, I do want to connect in this specific way, or I do actually want you to touch me in this way. Like, because it allows us just at that boundary allows us a little bit of space and time to tune into ourselves. And I feel like whenever I get that like irritable, just like, ah, it's, I need time to myself. Like that is like, and it, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I need the rest of the night. And then we realize, oh, I, I needed just an hour. I just needed that. Yep. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And what? It, oh, go ahead. Go. I was just going to say, I think, like, for me, speaking my truth and using my voice has allowed so much more freedom. Like, there is a relief and like an expansiveness that I feel when I am able to use my voice specifically because like for me that's one of the biggest things that I didn't use for so long and I even look at like women in my generation and generations past and seeing that pattern so it feels so freeing Mm -hmm. to use our voices Mm -hmm. and be true to like what our needs are and actually being able to describe what we do and we don't want All my angels out there listening, people pleasing does not serve us anymore. Performative people pleasing, like perfectionism is not serving us anymore. And I need to hear this too. I still do it all the fucking time. My conditioning runs so deep. Some of my core memories of being a people pleaser or wanting to be liked and have similarities with people was me. I'm the youngest of four girls with my three older sisters. I remember like having conversations in car rides where they would literally like test me and be like, do you see that duck out the window? And I'd be like, yeah, because I would just want to have something in common with them. And then they'd be like, there wasn't a duck there. We were just testing you. Or like friends in grade school would be like, my favorite food's spaghetti. And you'd be like, me too. And then they're like, actually, I like pizza. And then you're like, me too, or whatever. You know, like mm-hmm. we have been so conditioned to just want to be like everybody else because we're craving for connection. Like that's what it comes down to yeah. is we don't want to feel rejected. That's the deepest layers. We don't want to feel rejected, but the the more surface level deep layer <laughs> you're gonna need to watch the video for you to understand the, the layers here, okay the deep end is rejection like the the shallower end is we don't want to hurt our other partners our f- friends our person on the receiving ends feelings I know for me I know it's rejection, but it comes out in my mind as I'm afraid to have this conversation. I'm afraid to say this thing doesn't feel good. I'm afraid to say that I don't like this thing and I would rather prefer this thing because I don't want my partner to feel like they're not good enough or they're rejected, but it's really because I'm afraid of them then rejecting me. So Mm -hmm. I just, I love this conversation because it's helping me realize too that there's it, it's such a crafty way that we can go about it too. Like sometimes we have every right to say, just fuck no, get off me. I don't like that. Whatever. If that's what's going to serve us. Absolutely. I've also heard that expressing what we do like more than what we don't like is a really beneficial tool 
to use. And that also makes our partner feel good and feel validated and hear those things because we might be thinking it, but they can't hear what we're thinking in our heads. Mm -hmm. If we're just like reciprocating a hug or a butt squeeze, they don't really know that I liked that particular butt squeeze when they did that or whatever. A hundred percent. That's so true. And I think one of the biggest things too of like expressing a boundary for me has been like I can say no and that doesn't necessarily mean an end to intimacy or sexual pleasure like I can say no get off of me and I need five minutes and then we return to whatever that is and expressing what you like we all love affirmation like it's such a big motivator to know yes we're on the right path and I think with like the noises that you were talking about earlier and making them like for me it's been such a journey of like making noise when I like something and not making noise when I don't feel pleasure (laughs) like it seems so simple like obviously we would do that right but like I I'm sure people can relate to the fact oh making noise to make the noises that we think we're supposed to make so even like starting there of even if you can't use your voice like you were saying earlier of like only making noises when you feel good and I have a caveat on this because like when I'm feeling really good and about to orgasm I usually go very silent so also like telling my partner that like if I all of a sudden stop making noise I'm actually probably like getting super close and like do not stop so like knowing that about you know this is all like knowing that about yourself so that I can to a partner and knowing that like I can also be silent and having pleasure, like whatever that is. I don't know. It is, it's like such a nuanced thing, Yeah. but being authentic to whatever, like you're actually feeling pleasure. This is so good. And it's like, you can't even know what is authentic to your pleasure until you start diving into yourself and diving into ourselves is fucking scary. It all comes back to self-exploration and having some alone time, which I know we all fucking despise but when we get over that fearful edge of like the debilitating anxiety of what the fuck is gonna come up when I sit by myself we're actually gonna be okay Mm -hmm. and like the more frequent that we do that for ourselves whether it looks like a physical yoga practice or journaling or I don't even know like I don't even want to say reading a book or listening to a podcast because you're still getting more information your brain is still processing like what are the ways that you can listen? I know for some people, meditation is like listening to God where prayer is like talking to God or higher power universe, whatever. So what are the ways that you can quiet your mind and like get in touch with yourself? Maybe it starts as like, I am going to put on my calendar and set an alarm that for two minutes, After whatever I'm doing, I'm going to go in my room and lay on my bed and put a hand on my heart and a hand on my belly and breathe for two minutes and just see what happens and slowly edge our way up from there. And I know when I haven't been doing that lately because I've been spending so much time with the mans, like my anxiety has come out physically now. Like my heart is so angsty and that's obviously exacerbated by things like caffeine and no sleep. And it's like, funny how they all topple on top of each other um Mm -hmm. but I've like my legs have been restless I'm 
binge watching Love Island instead of taking the time on the new moon to like set intentions. I've noticed myself go back into this hole of I'm afraid to be with myself. So if you're listening to this and you've never explored that or you're back in that phase where it's like this just seems too daunting, I'm with you right now. But just know that like hearing about that it's safe to go back into that or having a conversation about it or telling us about it right after this, we're going to have a virtual hangout where we talk about shit just like this for an hour every fucking week. And it's amazing. That's how you can start to break these layers and these fears and these walls down to actually be like, okay, it's okay to sit with myself. And like Abby said, it's not all of a sudden going to be like, okay, I want to be in touch with my desires. I'm going to be in touch with myself and my intuition and my desires. Now, like actually looking at the how is like fuck me Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's hard it's it's so so, it's so worth it and being in touch with our intuition and knowing what our needs are being able to express what you want helps give you clarity in what you're open to what you're not open to anymore what you're no longer allowing in to your physical body like no more of you no and what you are and then also like you said too letting your partner know like that's validation in itself of I don't necessarily like to talk a lot because I want to be in my body sexual experiences are more of a breath thing for me so I'm breathing deep like that me just like being in my body and not talking to you is how I receive pleasure but then it's like balancing that dynamic too of sometimes there can be moments of pleasure or intimate settings where you could ask like, can we just focus on my pleasure tonight? Or can we have a night where I really focus on your pleasure more? You could Mm -hmm. still both be doing stuff to each other. I just heard this in a podcast. So I sound really smart. Um, I love doing that. I'm like, I have this new bit of knowledge. (laughs) I did. I did all this research. Actually, I was scrolling on TikTok. (laughs) Um, But they said, you know, like if I wanted him to feel more pleasure that night um and be able to practice my like words of affirmation in the bedroom I could focus on him and know that it's like not really about me and my end goal of Mm -hmm. orgasming um and that could help me direct my energy into that and practice that one skill instead of think I need to do it all every single time or if like my orgasm has not been coming easily (laughs) literally (laughs) I can ask and that's like it makes me cringe like having to ask like can we focus on my pleasures for tonight yeah being able to ask like can we pay attention to me and like can I be the receiver this relationship that I'm in right now dynamic whatever it is um has made me realize how much of a giver I am and I have a hard time receiving and I never thought that was yeah the case for me for sure. And it is so hard. And I just have to, um, uh, give a shout out to the book that has like been so beneficial for me. Urban Tantra has been like life-changing because again, just like the cards in the relationship, it gives you prompts. Like you don't, not all of this is just stuff we innately know. Like we do need to learn. And for my birthday, I turned to a random page in it because I still haven't explored the whole book. It's like a whole thing, but it was perfect, of course, because I love when I turn to random pages and things. 
but it was just your partner giving you this like pussy massage. And it was like, the goal was not orgasm, trying all these different techniques that like, I've never heard of. They didn't tell you in Cosmo, that's for sure. Like all these weird things. And he just went through that. And I just got to sit back and receive. And it was like one of the most beautiful things ever, because I am also someone who's like, oh, you gave to me. Now I need to reciprocate because like, that is just how it works. Or like, as you're giving, I also need to give, and it needs to be this mutual thing. I need to pet your head while you're eating me out, and I need to... <laughs> yeah, instead of actually, like, being in the sensations and being in the, like, not in your head of, like, thinking about what should I be doing or how should I be acting, and it gives you such permission to just, like, be that receiver and allow yourself to not have to perform, so again, like having something outside of yourself can be really helpful. And like for him to like, just follow along in this book. Like you don't know, have to know everything either. Like no one taught us these things. Like we are both just exploring. And so that's been a beautiful way for me to, to not have to always like have that conversation and know how to guide somebody. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't exactly know but like right. this can help us kind of dive into areas that we both don't fully know things about. Yeah. So. Like I don't have to be the sex expert. <laughs> no, no, not at all. There's, there's books for that. Cool. There's what a fucking concept. It's like, oh, I'll educate myself about all these different things. But when it comes to sex, we assume that we should just like know how it's done and what, how to talk about all the things. So I love that you brought that point up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's so huge of like exploring yourself first. And for me having prompts and like taking that time away, like you said, like for me, it's like taking a bath really gets me into my body and into mm -hmm. my pleasure. And I know when I'm hardcore resisting something is like usually where I need to go. But yeah. on your point of like, diving into this like I've had emotions and like things that I have had so much resistance to I start feeling and I literally feel like I could potentially die like I probably will die this is so painful and like going through it and getting to the other side of that is such freedom but like <laughs> Chelsea Handler said like if someone would have told me before I started therapy what the shit would have been like like I thought this is just like we're just gonna talk about my problems everything's gonna be fixed it's like actually no I need to feel my way through all of the grief and the pain that I haven't been feeling my whole life like fuck that is hard but yeah I guess we're here to say that like yeah, it's hard. And we've felt those things and we've felt that pain. And we've also gotten to that other side where there is beautiful pleasure and there is amazing things to explore. And mm. a way to get there is to look and go through some of that pain. So that was yes. a tangent. <laughs> no, it's so good. And it makes me think of one of like the spiritual philosophies or like guiding thoughts that I live my life by is like there is no light without darkness the world that we live in is perfectly polarized for a reason there's up and there's down there's black and there's white there's good and there's bad there's like all these different things that are you know really just constructs but like there is no lightness without the dark like dark is just the absence of light light is that guiding force and so 
And it makes me think of like my substance abuse journey too, is like we used alcohol and drugs to numb ourselves from all of these scary things that we're talking about, right? Even if I did take a bath, it was weed in a bath so that I could feel numb, but then I would end up having more anxiety. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense, but whatever. Um, so I would numb myself out and why I felt like I was living in this internal prison is because I was like literally turning off the GPS of where my emotions wanted to guide me to go. Like my emotions were a signal. They're an important indicator of where my body is meant to feel. Anxiety is one of the biggest ones for me. Like it is one of my biggest teachers. It shows me where I need to feel. There's a lot of different emotions under anxiety. I think like anxiety is more so a symptom than it is like an emotion, but it's a sensation nevertheless. And that was one of the things that I tried to numb myself out the most from. And so I lived on this like melancholy, just like dull. There was no light behind my eyes and anyone who was close to me who loved me knew it. And I knew it myself. I like, didn't even know who I was. And so I may have had a crutch or a little Linus blanket to cling to. That was my weed. Um, in any moment it was accessible to me. I had it at my house. I could do it. It was my best friend Mm -hmm. and it protected me. So I thought, but it also blocked me from feeling all of these amazing things that comes from living soberly, living with clarity, living with, I, we call it raw dogging life, like literally going through life full ass with nothing to numb my mental state. Of course, there's other things like chemically numb it versus, you know, like there's TV, there's caffeine, there's all these other subtle things that I numb myself with still, but weed and drugs and alcohol was like that main thing. And so because I've allowed myself to go deeper down into the deep end of darkness, that's also equally mirrored how light my life is. And both of these feelings and experiences exist at the same time. Even in an intimate setting, I could be like anxious and also feeling good and also crying tears of gratitude, but also still traumatized from what I've been through. Like all of these feelings can they do, they can, they will always exist at the same time. But we've been taught in the like, in the assumption of what black and white is or light and dark is like, there are these different things, but it's really just like two sides of the same coin and they, they can only exist together as much as we go deep. That's only like as open or as high or as light as we can go as well. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's like an owning of like the complexity of, of being human, like that, like not only do we experience this like wide spectrum of like from the darkness to the lightness, but like we experience it all simultaneously in the same day, hour, minute, like it all is going on at once and also can relate to sex of like, we can feel super in the moment and super present and pleasurable. And then we can be triggered and then we can be crying and then we can need a, like, it can all be happening all at once. And I know that has for me been overwhelming to like manage at times, mm. but then once I start to realize and like accept again and have compassion for that, 
like reality of being human, it becomes so much easier to just like integrate into my life of like, oh yeah, we can go through these waves and we can go to these different places. And that doesn't mean an experience or uh, something that we're going through is good or bad. It's just what it is. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I want to circle back to pleasure, especially self-pleasure in regards to like shame with masturbation, yeah. um, masturbating with your partner when he's, they, he, she, they are asleep or they're watching you or, you know, using vibrators. Am I going to get addicted to them? Is it going to desensitize me? What is like, do I have to edge? What is edging? <laughs> There's a lot of intricacies with self-pleasure. So let's start first with like masturbation and breaking down like the shame of masturbation, especially in a dynamic with a partner. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, let's just masturbation is healthy. Like it is a healthy thing that all humans probably are doing in some sort of capacity. Um, But for me, it's been a journey with masturbation of like, that was the first time I orgasmed when I was masturbating with a vibrator, watching porn. Like that was my first actual orgasm at 19 years old or something like that. Like I had had a range of sexual experiences of touching myself, of pleasuring myself when I was younger, but orgasm only came like with a vibrator and with some sort of visual aid. And so that's, I didn't think anything of that. It got me to that state. And so that's what I use for many, many, many years. And that is like what my self-pleasure practice looked like. Um, and it, again, was kind of very like goal-oriented. Orgasm was the goal. My masturbation mm-hmm. was to orgasm. Like that was the purpose of masturbation. And I like using the term, and I don't know where I got this. It wasn't for my own brain, but so self-pleasure practice, because like then it it isn't necessarily like that orgasm goal of what I associate masturbation to be with. Like it is just about like maybe just touching my breasts and feeling pleasure. Maybe it's just hand, holding a hand over my heart and then my vulva and like just being present in that space. Like it doesn't have to look like this really. I don't know, forced thing that ends in an orgasm. Uh, And it can look like that. And I was telling you too, that I've had a lot of shame recently because a few years ago, I threw out my vibrators because I felt really addicted. And we use that term, you know, loosely. And like, what does that mean? But it felt like I couldn't orgasm with partners. I couldn't really feel like a lot of pleasure from like just regular touch, like from my fingers, I couldn't orgasm from that. So for me, it was like, and then like craving that, like doing that in excess, like when I was using, it would be like masturbating, like compulsively, it felt like with a vibrator, which it just, there's, I don't know, there's a feeling when things feel like icky and like Mm. you don't have a choice in it and it's not coming from this place of love it's from this place of avoidance Mm -hmm. um and for me that's like what that you know relationship to masturbation turned into was like another way to numb and avoid whatever I was feeling of like let's just get this orgasm and feel good for 
a hot second. Um, and so I threw all my vibrators away because that's how I operate. And very, like I said, black or white, I'm like, nope, this isn't it anymore. <laughs> Let's throw them into the garbage, which did help because I, I am someone that if it's around, I'll go back to it. Same with stuff. If yeah. it's in the house, I will have it. I will use it. Um, and it was a beautiful exploration. And for me, it was like in the beginning of the pandemic and I wasn't working. So I had all this time to like explore and I got a few different toys. Um, one was a, a cervix serpent <laughs> is what it's called. Um, I was just like a glass kind of dildo thing. And, um, it's just using different things, you know, using toys that I hadn't experienced and then coming to a place where I, oh, yes. I love the rose quartz dildo. Yes. <laughs> people think I'm fucking whack. No, it's not <laughs> Like whack. people who don't know that world, I'm like, yeah, I have a crystal self-pleasure practice tool. Mm-hmm, 100%. And for me, that felt so much more expansive. I was like learning to use just breath work, not even any yeah. stimulation, like not touching myself to climax or come to what? some sort of full body experience. This, I mean, this doesn't happen like at, on my everyday or even like regularly, but it has happened in my life. And it was amazing to start experiencing like that realm that felt just so so much more embodied and then mm. it also like we said like I don't need to have touch to have pleasure like same with going back to the beginning of the conversation of like I don't need penetration that doesn't need to be the goal like whatever that is of like it just was so expansive for me to be like breath is fucking powerful and that is a tool to my pleasure um but now being in a place where I have been having a really big focus on my career and kind of like what I'm doing in this world. And I don't have the space and time that I did when I wasn't working. Um, that like, and my anxiety with this new career, uh, it got so heightened. And my, I feel like anytime I'm in like a really heightened place of like, um, my mental health just doesn't feel really good. I go back, I revert, like what we said, like revert back to those old, like habitual patterned ways. And for me, that was like masturbating to like watching porn to fall asleep. Like that was the only way this summer that I could fall asleep. And I like felt shame for it again. Cause I was like, Oh, I felt this expansive way of like self-pleasuring. And I love that, but also being like, you need to sleep. And like, that's the reality right now. And like, yes, I have tried sleep meditations and yes, I'm have, taking melatonin and yes, I'm doing all these other things. And this is what's working. And at this present moment in reality, I need to fucking sleep. So this is what it is. And like having that acceptance with like, I know what it can look like. And I also know that my current reality is so much more complex than it maybe was in the past when I was exploring that and that I can get to that place again. That doesn't mean it will never be there, but I do need to have some fucking space to focus on that. And I don't always have space to focus on that. And it is like where I need to prioritize that. And sometimes we have other priorities as well. Mm -hmm. So you're so good at giving me, you, other people, grace with like the coping tools that we have and honoring that this is what we know how to use at this pre present moment and I love the focus of 
reverting back because we all have been there with our eating patterns, with our movement, you know, rituals or consistent practices, with the way that we communicate, with how we've navigated balancing our job, our social life. All It can look like so many different things or how the fuck you fall asleep at night. And what I loved was the word expansive too, because that's really what it is, is what feels expansive to me? What's allowing me to expand? And sometimes a lot of the time, most of the time we get to go into the contraction or that place that we're afraid to feel that is contracted to expand. But that's what I think of when I think of how to tell what my intuition is saying tapping into my body, we all know what contracted feels like. It feels anxious. It feels tight. It feels shameful. It feels like inverted. Mm -hmm. Our shoulders are rolled forward. Yeah. Just closed off in whatever capacity and expansive feels light, open, supportive, held all these different amazing open emotions that, uh, you just know it's like a it's a yes in your body and contraction is a no, or like, I'm trying to show you something that, you know, might not be serving in the long term. but getting out of the contraction isn't going to happen overnight either. If you are struggling with binge eating habits, if that's another chapter of your life, or if you're struggling with, you know, using porn and like more aggressive short-term pleasure, um, self-pleasure, these are all things that we go through. And I'm sure every listener can think of what those things are for them that they go back to, and then they'll find their way out of. And it's like, how do you trust yourself that you're going to get out of it and you're going to grow and not get hard on yourself or get scared that am I going to stay in this place forever? Is this always going to be a habit of mine? Yeah, definitely. And I love that you brought up the expansion and contraction because I led a sexuality circle um, in April. And that was like my whole thing was the cycles of expansion and contraction and like what that feels like in our body and like embodying that and like literally what you just did of like actually physically going inward. And I think what helps me is like the reminder that like I am nature, that nature goes Mm -hmm. through these cycles. Like there are seasons of expansion where everything is blooming and there is contraction where everything is dying and everything's going inward and getting quiet. And like the animals are not out and about and like the moon goes through its phases and the sun rises and falls like that is a cycle of fucking life like I am going to expand and then I'm probably gonna contract and like when I do something really big and scary I might also come back and like feel shame and scared and I don't know what's going on and like I think for me the only thing that's allowed that trust is going through this cycle so many times that now I'm like "Mm -hmm, I know it's gonna be all right (laughs) it's gonna be all right and also tuning into my actual like period cycle as a as a woman who has uh, active I'm not on birth control or anything and I have friends who still are and still can tell what their cycle is even when they're not actually physically getting a period but knowing that like it's been so freeing to me of like knowing the couple weeks that 
most likely, not always, I am going to feel super expansive. I'm going to want to see all the people. I'm going to want to have all the sex. I'm going to just like feel in my pleasure. And then knowing the times where I need to come inward, I need more quiet time. I need more alone time. I need probably not a lot of genital touch. I need Mm -hmm. to just like have really, really gentle, emotional intimacy. Like for me, that's been so freeing. Um, So like, noticing the cycles and things outside of myself, noticing the cycles in myself and like trusting that I've been through this enough (laughs) that I know that like there will be a time where I'm able to feel expansive again. And it doesn't always happen on the timeline that we want is (laughs) sometimes the hard thing, (laughs) but it will happen. So. Yeah. And again, there is no rule book to follow. Like one of my notes after this point that I wanted to talk about with you is where do we draw the line like using your orgasm to sleep or calm your anxiety where is the line of healthy versus unhealthy of expansive versus contracted and it's like there isn't there's no rule book the feelings inside of our bodies are the guidelines there is no line to be drawn it's literally like the only guidelines that we really have is what's inside of our own bodies And then we can use the education around us from conversations like this or having beautiful friendships where you can literally call someone up and work through it real time instead of be debilitated by your own mental spirals of Mm -hmm. (laughs) inaccurate, like fucked up thinking Um, and just have a little bit of clarity. Yeah. But yeah, there is no line. And and I think, too, I felt that deep fear so deeply. I still do a lot of the time with sobriety of, oh God, what happens if I do go back into the darkness? What happens if I ever do feel an insurmountable amount of pain that I just can't get through? And what if I did go back to smoking weed every day and couldn't do my podcast anymore and lost all of my self-trust and lost my community? Like that fear is there. When you start to climb your way out of the dark and into the light, you gain more responsibility, you gain more structure, you gain more things that you can lose, right? Like the higher up the mountain you climb, the bigger the fall is going to be or off the cliff, whatever. So there is that fear there for me. But what, what helps me is knowing that like those things we're scared of, the like monsters in the closet or the dark shadows, it's like when you flick the light on, when you free that shame, that fear into the light by talking about it. When you flick the light on, you realize what I'm scared of isn't actually what it seems. And I'm going to be okay. Even if this is a possibility, like I'm going to be okay. I trust myself enough that like, if I went through another cycle like that, the universe has got my back. Like there is some divine order at play. And that's what I get my trust in is like the season's keep going like a flower blooms and closes the moon cycles are always consistent like that is my higher power a lot of it is like nature Mm -hmm. and I trust in the universe wholeheartedly of course fear and anxiety still come up every fucking day but like at the end of the day I know even if I went into a deep spell of addiction again or a negative what I perceive to be a, a negative or like low level coping mechanism I'm gonna be led where I'm meant to go you know, and even if it was death, like that's the only guarantee we have in this life. So there's Mm -hmm. like, 
I don't want to say there's nothing to be afraid of because obviously there's a lot to be afraid of, but like that's where I get my trust and security from is from that knowing and belief and faith and hope in something bigger than me that I will never be able to describe or prove to someone with logic. I just feel it. A hundred percent. I think that's so beautifully said of like just having that trust now in yourself. And I feel like that's both I think when we were in active addiction, something I can assume that you felt like you lost as well. Like I lost that trust in myself and gaining that back. I have a hard time thinking that I'll get to that place again. And I also know that I built enough support system that like, I don't know if I can go down into like those same depths. I might have different depths of darkness, but like I can't hide anymore. I'm going to have people Mm. that will call me out or check in on me. I haven't isolated myself in that same way. And I think it's beautiful. Like what having conversations like this has allowed and even something like going kind of back to the masturbation thing. Like when I started being in a relationship, my masturbation significantly decreased. And I was like, am I shameful of this? Like what's going on? And being able to talk about it with my friends and having that support Mm. and like having open conversations of like, what is this? Like, where is this coming from? And I was feeling shame. Like me and my partner talked about it and he was like, it's first of all, attractive to me. And second of all, like you are your own person, like you get your own pleasure, all of the things like do your damn thing whenever you need to. But like, I would be in the middle of the night, not in the middle of the night, but like, I would be trying to fall asleep and like have my porn up and he would like turn over sleeping. And I'm like, <gasps> like, even though he was like, even though he does that, even though like he told me it was fine, I still have this like huge internalized shame. So yes, to talk about it with people and be like, this is what I'm going through. Like, have you experienced that? Like, and then having people validate and just like normalize that these are like parts of life that we go through. So I don't know, that's a big kind of like circling around, but knowing I'm that so I have I'm so glad you brought it back to that because I wanted to touch a little bit more on masturbation and like, did you get more comfortable doing that in front of him? Like, yeah, yeah. And it's not something that I actively, well, that's not totally true. I was going to say the last time that like we were sexual, I did that, um, like just masturbating as like part of like a sexual experience of like him watching me self-pleasure. Um, but it is, how was the setup of that? Like, give us a visual. Were you sitting up in bed? Was he just like sitting, watching you? Like, what is that like? (laughs) Uh, like this, This specific time was me like in kind of like a doggy style position and him like standing there and watching me. Oh, and yeah, which that was that instance. It could look different and it could look like you just totally like sometimes we will also just like watch porn next to each other. Like we've done that of like, we have no energy for anything and like we want to watch the same porn watch the same porn, watch different porn, like we've done all of those things, just like self-pleasure next to each other. I can't even imagine doing this with you know who. <laughs> but I it, feel like, cringe thinking about it. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. We both have had like, like, it's weird picking your porn next to someone because like <laughs> they get to see your like, like what you're 
like weird fucking interests are yeah I've even like once after one time we were in his house and I made him come he goes to like brush his teeth and shower and do whatever and I finished myself off like Mm -hmm. quickly secretively before Mm -hmm. he came back and then I was like I may have like just you know I at least had the courage to tell him I didn't have to but I did and or like I texted him the other day and I knew that I wasn't like odds are I wasn't going to come if we were going to do anything. So I took a shower and brought my vibrator in the shower, which it literally took me like 20 minutes to come in the shower with a vibrator. And I was like, am I broken? Am I like, okay. Um, I've said this before in, in a podcast episode, I think, but I'm on Lexapro and anti-anxiety medication. And I feel like whether it's a placebo or not with my sexual pleasure, I feel like my clitoral stimulation has dramatically changed and I'm a lot more desensitized than I used to be. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm navigating and like shame around that even too. Like I used to come so easily, like within a couple minutes with my own fingers or like whenever a guy would eat me out, like I would. Um, for me, like I come from my clit more than like penetration, Mm -hmm. but I can have like a combo of the two where you can feel it more internally anyways. So I was like vibing out in the shower and I couldn't get myself to go. And I was trying to like, enjoy the experience. And then I was like, all right, I'm fucking over it. Like (laughs) forced myself to come. It took so long. And I had texted him like I'm showering and then eating and then coming and I spelled coming like that like the c-u-m and then I texted again and said oh and then I'm coming over and like made it a joke because sometimes I'll say like I'm coming like on my way but spelled the other way not to even like spark sexual conversation just because I'm a Mm -hmm. doof sometimes (laughs) um and he was like why can't you come over and then come and I just like didn't even engage in the conversation and that probably could have been like a really great door that we could have opened as far as like I'm kind of nervous to bring my like toys into our dynamic I haven't yet I have a butt plug and a vibrator and I haven't used either with him I'm nervous to like self-pleasure around you I'm nervous that I won't orgasm or what that means for you and what that means for myself like these are things I'm thinking about and like role-playing through having conversations with you hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode but if he does then I guess we can have a conversation about it the door is open maybe you're like actually listen to this I'll just have all my fears (laughs) but I just want to like also validate you in like the fact that like even that time you were able to tell him like yeah I did just you know, masturbate really quickly, even if it was quickly. And even that there was shame, like you did tell him. And like Mm. with my past ex, when I was not in a place at all where I am, like I would always tell him that I had orgasmed or like just be in like a faking sort of place. And then I would go Mm. in the bathroom and I would quickly orgasm because like (laughs) you get to that point where you're like, I fucking need to. Um, (laughs) So it was like that sort of shame thing that I was like, never be able to in front of a partner. So, and never speaking that aloud. So I just want to say like, even that's like a step of like doing that. And then also like speaking it in some capacity, whether there's shame still there or not, like that is also a stepping stone mm-hmm. and again reiterating like it does take time 
I will always reiterate that to you. <laughs> I need to hear that every day of my life. <laughs> literally. Like never that. feel like what you have to say is repetitive or someone's heard it before because I literally need to hear the same shit every day of my life. <laughs> it takes Thanks. time. And what's been really helpful recently for me and when you were over, I showed you it, but it was my pleasure altar that I that I have, which is a new one. My old one wasn't that beneficial, but like I actually displayed all of my toys on this one and like all of the things. And now because it's so displayed, first of all, it's just like you can fucking see it in my room. You even though it's kind of a hidden corner, it's out. I think about using it. So then when I am engaging, whether I'm with myself or a partner, I'm so much more like, well, first of all, like if, if you had that in your room, say you did, like Derek would know what you have, know what's available to use, like know what the possibilities could be. It could be a conversation starter. Um, and just like, also taking them out of that like drawer or sex box like releases some of the shame also that like that part of us needs to be hidden yep. and Cheche Luna is like an amazing human on Instagram that I follow that I've done it's their pleasure course and has like illuminated so many beautiful things and that was a prompt in their pleasure course was building a pleasure altar and just like having those those items on display so that it is brought out into the light and that you can just have them available for your use whenever it comes to your mind and yeah that's that's one thing I have to say mm. on that. bringing our sex toys from their dark little casings and corners into the light yeah <laughs> and one of like some of the prompts in it are like tune into your senses so like what mm. does your erotic energy like what colors is it right now like what are the shapes what are the textures are there woods are there metals so like my I feel like I one. guess when I do that shit, I'm like uh I don't know orange because it's my favorite color <laughs> yeah and for me it can be overthought, just like we're both anxious humans. It's like overthinking, but like whatever comes Is to it mind purple? first. It, wait, I want yeah. it to be my third eye chakra, but like I thought of green first. <laughs> but I'm like, I'll go with whatever I think of first. My mm -hmm. old one was like green and golds and natural. And that was like, like very I was in a very sensual place and this one is like black and red and metal mm -hmm. and edgy and that's like in this where I am in my sexuality right now so like I was cool. like when the color came it was like black and I was like really and I was like yeah that's really where it is right now like and just like allowing that and knowing it can change and it can ebb and it can flow just like everything else in sexuality so mm. Yeah. I want to rapid fire talk about two more things. <laughs> this one, <laughs> and then we can wrap up. This one is a good segue of the erotic blueprint of oh, yeah. um, some of the tools that you have or mm -hmm. tools? toys, <laughs> Tool tools in the toolbox, you know, just like tools and for, toys. <laughs> yeah, tools in the toys and all, and all the things. And for me, it has been like, there's been so much recently even like this was a netflix episode that jaya i don't know if she has a last name but um it was displayed on uh sex love and goop with gwyneth paltrow which we can all have feelings about gwyneth paltrow but her show is fucking good and yes. so <laughs> like even that being on netflix is like amazing right. and like there are coaches on this that you can dive into 
but I did a workshop in person and took the quiz. Um, I took a workshop from Fauna Gold, who is just like an amazing educator that doesn't live in Minnesota anymore. But anyways, um, the erotic blueprint for me just allowed so much space because I found out I was an energetic type. So mm-hmm. instead of this pressure to be like turned on by the typical sexual things of like mm-hmm. caressing or touching or licking or like just whatever we think of as like grabbing sex. my ass or literally starting yeah. to rub my clit out with out no foreplay yeah don't fucking do that <laughs> don't fucking do that <laughs> okay back up quick so the erotic blueprint is like the five love languages quiz yeah. but for your sexuality kind of yeah. yes I, exactly. i'm sure there's a better way to explain it but there's five different types some yes. of them are kinky sexual sensual energetic energetic and shapeshifter yeah those are the five blueprints thank you for remembering that i'm speaking to people who might not know anything about you're like in ninth grade and (laughs) these people are like i haven't i don't even know what the word like high means (laughs) yeah literally but yeah so those are the five types um and so you can take a quiz online and find out just like any other quiz that allows us to kind of reflect a little bit deeper about who we are it's just Mm -hmm. another tool that we can use and for me it was just again like so expansive um to have uh, someone else have language for this have like examples of how to ask to be touched and like examples of what your turn on might look like and it was like a permission slip that I didn't need to like act this certain way or if I wasn't turned on by just only genital stimulation, something was wrong with me, or like you said, I was broken. But for me, my energetic type is like, I get turned on by the anticipation and the tease, like hovering over my body. I will shake and I will quiver and I will be so turned on. Like you don't even have to touch me. And like, if you would say that and actually don't touch me. (laughs) Yeah. And actually wait as long as possible to touch me or just touch the little hairs on my arm. And like that permission. And that's not like, it's not every single time that I ask for that, but a lot of the times it is. And like my partner will get turned on by like, like, like actually like full touching, full caressing, like full, like feeling me. And I'm like, no, that's like a cuddle to me. That's just like an, I'm not sexual at all. The minute Mm -hmm. you take your hand away from my skin, like that seems so counterintuitive yet it fucking worked for me. It does. Yeah. (laughs) And that's because that's your, your blueprint. blueprint. That's what makes sense to you. Just like we relate to our astrology signs, just like we relate to, if you know about Ayurveda, your mind body type and like all these different things, um, human design, like it's just another tool in the toolbox to help us understand ourselves and someone better and how to navigate those dynamics. And like, I remember I just listened to um, Sophie and Sid's podcast called Straight Candid. They're a couple of my friends in Mm -hmm. Minnesota. And Sophie goes, hot take or like controversial topic, like the temptation or like the anticipation of sex is greater than the actual act. And like that makes me think that she might be energetic or, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us feel that way, even if we are one type or we feel like multiple things resonate like a lot of us aren't kinky 
or Mm -hmm. what we think of as sexual, which I don't even know what the energetic blueprint sexual like definition is, but what we perceive it to be, what we've been taught, what we've seen in porn, like if that doesn't turn us on, that's okay. And that's like a whole can of worms to dive into Mm -hmm. as well of like how to get away from forcing ourselves to do those things, which is literally what we've been talking about this whole time and how to start taking baby little steps in the direction of like, what does feel good to me? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not even in the sexual space. Like we, we have to start questioning, like what brings us joy? Like when I first got sober, when I got of a really toxic out of a really toxic relationship and I gave up all of my dreams and like, I didn't know who I was. I had to ask myself, on a base level of who I was, like, who the fuck am I? And what do I love to do? Like, mm-hmm. what actually makes me happy? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I love that, like joy. And that's why I also love the word pleasure because pleasure can uh, like apply to so many things, not in a sexual context. Like, like yeah. I said earlier, we can get pleasure from eating ice cream, swinging on a swing, like doing all these things can build, bring us pleasure and tapping into our pleasure first and foremost, before we even necessarily like go into the bedroom can give us so much empowerment and freedom mm-hmm. in that. Um, and back to like with the erotic blueprint I think it can just like I probably said this but just it can be so freeing to know that about yourself and like we said earlier like I can take matters into my own hands like if I know that my partner is in the mood or wanting to like maybe I spend 30 minutes giving myself energetic touch and then I am ready to go maybe then I can be super ready for the typical quote-unquote whatever typical is like sexual acts maybe then I'm just like please jump my bones because I gave that turn on to myself Mm. like we can not only communicate it with partners but we can also use that in our self-pleasure practices use that to ramp ourselves up before we even are with our partners like there it just opens up so much space and freedom in our lives I feel like mm-hmm. absolutely ah uh, so fucking good okay last thing I want to talk about is um hmm okay there's <laughs> we had so many things. maybe there's too many things <laughs> maybe there's two things left um <laughs> responsive versus spontaneous desire yeah um, and this, I just kind of like to give credit where credit's due. This is from Come As You Are with Emily Nagoski, um, who is also on many Netflix shows or at least one. Um, but this is like, this was also just another thing that gave me so much like another permission slip of like, oh, I don't have to be spontaneously turned on all the time. I don't just have to like look at someone and be like, I want to jump your bones. Like, there is a thing as such as responsive desire. So again, bringing it back, like spontaneous desire would be that like automatic, just like you're ready to go. Guy looks at your boobs and gets hard. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And (laughs) responsive is like, we need a little something to rev the engine. (laughs) Like we need some more of whatever it is, you know, for me, it probably is more tease and anticipation or whatever that looks like. Um, but knowing that, like, just because I don't feel in the mood and I might take some sort of something to get in the mood. There's nothing wrong with that because I would feel like some sort of shame when I'm like, oh, my partner needs to touch me in this way for me to even feel in the mood. Like that felt 
weird to me that I was like not just ready to go like, mm. wanting like it felt like I had a low libido sometimes and it was like no it's just your desire has changed because the chemicals are not there that are there in the beginning phases of a relationship maybe are never there for you like it can be different for every human but um that like needing something to get into that mindset is okay Mm -hmm. and that like it can be in response to whatever it is for you that like builds turn on. Mm. So again, just another permission slip. It felt like when I learned about this. Yeah. And that kind of segues into the last, like why I wanted to bring up one more point is just because I had one more note that I feel like we kind of communicated, but how um, I felt like it was important, but how like if I struggle with communicating my needs in a sexual setting, we could start somewhere more innocent, like a massage, either with myself figuring mm-hmm. out what feels good and then playing around with the partner and saying like, let's do massage night and challenging yourself to be like, dig harder. Or like when you're giving, you could say on a scale of one to five or like, let's ask each other. And Abby told me all of this, but I'm just relaying it. She said on a scale of one to five, like how pleasurable is this? And being able to assert ourselves and what feels good and be able to say, move here, press harder, do that. Like, I feel like that is my next step for where, where to go from here with all this information is like challenge myself to have a massage night with the mans and, tell him like, no, I want you to keep going. Like I don't have to give a way longer massage just because that's how we roll. I can say dig harder. I can say, let me do it. And then you copy me like that all could be translated to the bedroom, but like not for the goal of that. Obviously that's helping me train the muscles that I want to be able to use in the bedroom. But like, I just felt like that last point was super important because I wanted to bring up like where do we go from here? If you could tell the listeners what next step they could do or any takeaway lesson, what would you give them? And for me, that would be it is that's what I want to work on. Yeah. For you, you're saying like being able to communicate and using tools like having a scale or practicing it not in the moment is kind of like where you want. Yes. And even being able to have like get to a point too of having the red light, yellow light, green light conversations. I think those scales and conversations and safe, I feel like the only one that is really commonly talked about is like a safe word. And it's like, okay, but there's so much more to Mm -hmm. that. And like a safe word in a lot of times isn't even that necessary. Like you could just say stop or like I'm with a partner that wouldn't necessarily make me feel unsafe. I don't know, you know, so having scales and words and language to be able to like Mm -hmm. grow in that area is where I want to practice. I think that's beautiful. And again, like a a common thing that's come up is like, there are established people, tools, things that can help you with this. I think that's the biggest thing. Like if this conversation resonates, like there are a lot of the books, a lot of the things that I've mentioned, there are shows, like 
use tools outside of yourself if you need to, to start those conversations, Mm -hmm. watch the Netflix shows together, have something like cards to prompt those conversations. Like, again, you don't have to do it alone. Like you don't have to be the pioneer of sexuality. Like other people have been figuring this out for a fucking long time. Like we can learn from each other. And so that's one thing. And then also like baby steps, (laughs) like baby steps, know that you're going to go through those cycles of expansion and contraction that like, it might feel really good and expansive. And then we might come back and things might come up that we have to look at and some shadow darkness might come up and like, know that that cycle, like you might take a little step forward and then it might go back and then a little mm-hmm. you have that conversation and then you feel like you lost your voice and then you had an amazing like orgasm full body all the things and then you took now you're minutes. numb yeah now you're numb like that that is normal that that process is a process of exploration that nothing is wrong with you and you are not broken like that mm-hmm. is the message I think I have like nothing is wrong with the way that you want to experience pleasure nothing about your body is broken or not right like it just takes time to figure out what that is yeah so and you've people like us to validate it if you just show up on a Sunday you can even show up camera off and or like say that you don't want to share and we'll probably be talking about something like this so not only Mm -hmm. do you not have to like discover like be the freaking Christopher Columbus of sexuality (laughs) but you can also do it with other like-minded women like Mm -hmm. your soul fam is what I like to call our angels anonymous Mm -hmm. group Abby comes almost every week and has so much wisdom to offer fucking clearly we could if we didn't have to go meet right now we would probably talk for another hour Garen fucking I know (laughs) there's so there's just so much and I love talking with you always (laughs) we could just talk forever so I appreciate you having me on and I appreciate you having this group and our relationship and friendship and all the ways that it's grown it's just been like I don't know I feel like we both teach each other so much and hold so much beautiful space for each other so I just yeah yeah friendships like this are special and people have them but they can be few and far between and it takes Mm -hmm. diving into yourself and vulnerability and courage to show up like Abby found me on social media and Mm -hmm. it was because I was showing up and like doesn't mean we both have to show up in the same way and we both have to be influencers and do this 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 it's just like show up in the way that's true for you and you're gonna connect with other people she had to take the courage to message me and be like hey you want to hang out and then I had to take the courage to say yes and then we both had to have the courage to meet up and like that shit's scary but like that's how we have friendships like this. I'm not not saying that like high school friends are shitty, but like I don't have the same friends that I've always had. Like I I'm constantly evolving in my friendships. Some stick around for a really long season, some stick around for a brief period and it's all okay. And I've outgrown a lot of them. Um but the ones that feel good to your heart and make you feel like you're not alone and make you feel validated. And they're the people that you feel safe to go to, which is literally everyone in our angels anonymous group. And like, you'll click with some people specifically, depending on how much you show up and whatever, but like 
it is a gift to have you in my life and have this type of connection. It's something I would have never had, had I not explored, um, myself, my sobriety recovery in all the different ways. So there is a lot more positive and beneficial like outcomes on the other side of going through the pain and the darkness and like taking the time to do the therapy and heal and Mm -hmm. come into the truest versions of ourselves as we know it in this moment. Mm -hmm. Well said. And the theme of all this maybe is vulnerability, like all of this, and especially with sex and all things related to pleasure, like it takes some fucking vulnerability being seen yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but it can lead to some beautiful places amen love you well now we have 10 minutes till we go to our (laughs) hangout water full of chatting water break yeah geez we're gonna be like okay everyone else listen now (laughs) i mean everyone else talk we're gonna listen now we probably just just opened the can of words and now like the true wisdom is gonna come through in the meeting (laughs) right we're like damn this isn't recorded (laughs) so true Well, I will definitely be having you back on because I know there's going to be a lot more to talk about in the future. Thank you so, so much for sharing your love and your light and your wisdom and your beauty. I love you. I love you too. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to listen to this episode and any other episodes that you've listened to each pair of ears means the world to me every single viewer listen literally blows my mind away like people are actually listening to this what but I know that people like Abby have so much value to add to the world and I'm just so excited to continue these conversations with myself if it's a solo episode and with these beautiful humans that I have in my life that have so much light to shed and share and things to illuminate so Give me a five-star review, please. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends, post it on social media, let me know, DM me what you thought of the episode, what you want to hear more of, and also join the virtual hangouts if you aren't connected with a virtual group yet. Come hang out with me on Sundays with the Angels Anonymous group, or if you're sober or sober curious, you can join the free spirits meeting that a couple friends and I just started on Wednesday nights. Both of these meetings are at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So you can message me at Angels Anonymous Podcast or at Vanessa Persephone on Instagram and I'll get you all hooked up. Oh God, it's time to go because things are getting robotic and electric over here. Oh God. Okay, bye.